Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. One of the things um, I feel like is probably Christianity 101, walking with Jesus 101, but is something rarely gets talked about. Um, I don't don't want to say this. When we come to Jesus, we come with a problem, right? We have something we need. We have a broken place we want healed. Only me, right? Like we don't come to him just like, you know, to join the club, to be part of the Mickey Mouse club. We don't come because, well, why not? We come because I'm hurting, I'm hungry, I'm starving. I'm, I'm like the prodigal son. I need you, God. We come, but... But do you know, if I'm just getting my needs met, that's transactional. That's not a relationship, is it? Jesus wants a relationship. But, but so often we come in, we're like, I like this kingdom. I had brokenness. He healed me, right? I, I, was, I was alone. He put me in a family. Like, this is great, right? Until what? Anybody had, had then something happens that's contrary to that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Something happens that seems different than the uh, terms and conditions you read when you entered the kingdom. No? Like, you experience physical healing, and then you have another area where you haven't yet been healed. You experience a financial breakthrough here, but over here you don't have it yet right? I call that complexity, right? You have a revelation of God's nature and his goodness and his love. And over here, something that I don't know what to do with. Does that make sense? And so we generally have two reactions to that complexity. What do you think those two extreme reactions are? What's one? Ignore it. Ignore it. La, la, la. Anybody had a friend, they're like, how are you doing? Blessed and highly favored. And you're like, dude, you look like you have a cloud over you. You look horrible. And you're like, if that's blessed and highly favored, count me out, right? Ignore it. And like, everything's fine. You're like, we all can tell. Nothing's good, right? It's just ignore it. Just act like Pollyanna. Anybody known somebody and you're sit- looking and you're watching their life as a train wreck, but they're like, but the Lord is good. He's good. And you're like, I'm not seen in your life, and I don't think you believe it either. Sorry, was that real? Right? So one ditch is, is just everything's great. What's the other ditch? Right? Right? Well, apparently Christianity's not true. Apparently Jesus didn't die. Apparently his life, you know, you, you mentioned the verse at the beginning um, from uh, 1 Peter where he says, we have everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge, through knowing God, right? Who here has unpacked that? You really, literally, right now, you've got it all. Anybody? No, right? Like, and so you're like, well, if I don't have it all, then none of it's true. Who's been there? Yeah, you just get frustrated. You go, I'm taking my toys and going home, right? Right? This complexity of these, well, I'm going to get a pen someday. 
one of these days I'll have a pen. I, I don't know. I think I'm leaving them uncapped. So I'm really to blame. Here we go. All right. So the thing about this complexity is... It's complexity. I've got... Yeah, I, I'm good. God, God whispered this definition to me of maturity. Maturity is the speed at which... When faced with complexity, I return to simplicity. God, this does not feel good, but I know you're good. I'm not going to act like everything's good, right? I'm not going to act like I already have everything he promised. Does that make sense? I'm not going to just put on a happy face, right? I'm going to be real. That's why it says weep with those who weep. Who here, when you've been weeping, somebody tried to cheer you up against your will? Forcibly. Oh, no. And then you decided it was your gift to help them weep. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, but that this, this whole thing of how do we walk in this place? Because Jesus, I I said this, I promised you guys this a while back and I'm going to fulfill my promise. We're going to talk about the promises that Jesus gave that nobody wants. Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, I came on the wrong Sunday. I'm, I'm, I need to go. To, I'm, my brain is full. All right. I, my, my favorite, my favorite, just starting right off the bat, is John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you. In other words, all these goodies, this incredible revelation of God's heart and the mission of God... These things at the Last Supper, he says, all these things I have spoken to you so that you may have peace. Oh, good. Isn't that great? Let's just stop there. Because in this world, you will have tribulation. (laughs) Merry Christmas. That's a promise from the Lord. You just take that to the bank. You will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Tribulation. So, okay, here's the question. You have tribulation, but I've overcome the world. Anytime, anybody here, you had a promise from God, but it didn't seem to line up with what you were asking God for. You're like, I'm glad you overcame the world, but I'm in tribulation. Okay. All right. Stay with me. We're going to get somewhere. I promise it's going to be good. So the thing about this word tribulation, it's really important. Do you know what this word means? Pressure, pressure, pressure. Why is this important? Anybody here responded poorly to pressure? Yeah, just once, just once. So one of the things I realized is that 90% of the problems I'm dealing with in my life are problems I created in trying to deal with problems on my own. So there was a pressure that was like this, and my bad reaction to it resulted in a problem like this. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Stay with me. So let's go back a little further. John 15, right? He says this, and uh, I'll start a little earlier. Verse 18, this is another great promise. I really want you just to just dial in on this. If the world hates you, you know it hated me first. 
great. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, I pulled you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Congratulations. Remember the word I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted you, they will also persecute uh, persecuted me, they'll also persecute you. If you kept my word, they will keep they will keep yours also. In other words, if they listen to you. So here's the promise. You're going to face tribulation and persecution. Merry Christmas. Did anybody not get that when you like signed up to follow Jesus? You're like, nobody explained that. I feel like it was bait and switch. No, this is important because so many times we come in, we're like, it's amazing. Everything's going to be perfect until we hit that first road bump, right? That first speed bump. And what do we do at that moment? We start to create an alternative theology, right? He's not really good. He's like, good, right? He isn't really, he hasn't paid the price for all my healing, just some of it. He loves you, but he doesn't love me. Does that make sense? And this is so important. We realize we have this tendency. And so let's lean in. Let's, so let me go back to the one last one that I just, I just feel like is the, the promise of promises that we really got to go after the Sermon on the Mount. Just the, just the Beatitudes. Can we do those? Blessed are you in spirit. Uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. It's also, they, it's blessed is the poor. <laughs> blessed when you have nothing. Blessed when you don't have what you need. Blessed means happy. Nobody sees a disconnect. Some of you have been in church too long. Happy when you don't have what you need. No, I signed up to have what I need. You said that I would have everything I need for life and godliness. How can I be happy when I don't have what I need? Why? Because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Because if you don't have it, you can lean on his abundant resource. You won't lean on your own understanding. Blessed are those who mourn. We're talking about who here? Like, I'm just so happy. I'm mourning today. It's just a beautiful day to mourn. No. What does it mean? Happy are those who mourn because they'll be comforted. You know what? If you are self-sufficient, if you have everything you need, you'll never lean into God and you'll never find in him everything you need. Blessed are those who are, those who are gentle, a.k.a. wussy. That, that, that's that's the, what it really says in the Greek, wussy. It's a, it's a deep interpretation. For they will inherit the earth. What do you, you know how you inherit? Provided you don't kill somebody. You show up. You don't do it by your own effort. Je Blessed are the gentle, the people who refuse to use their own strength to grab, they just receive because I will be, God will be able to meet their needs according to who? His riches and glory. Who here has gotten tired of waiting and decided to meet your own needs? Yeah. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. In other words, they don't feel righteous. They're like, something's wrong with me. Who are my people? God says, stay in that place. That's a good place to be. Doesn't feel good, does it? Why? Because they will be satisfied, not by their efforts, not to make themselves right, but by him. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Anybody here, you're like, I will not forgive them. 
if I forgive them, well, bad things will happen. No, extend mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I'm going to agree with that, but who here read that and you're like, well, that's why I can't see him. <laughs> who makes us pure? Blessed are the peacemakers, the ones who create peace, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are happy, are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Do you know you can be persecuted for other reasons? They just all hate me because I'm wonderful. Maybe. Persecuted for righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of God of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Who here likes to be lied about? If anybody raised their hand, we would just start praying for you. We would get we. That, no, I think it, being accused is one of the worst things that can happen because you feel so not seen, so not. But he says, rejoice. And rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay, please tell me you're confused. Please, please be confused. Please unchurch yourself for a minute, unreligiousize yourself. Please be confused, because only if you have a question can you get an answer. If you got it all figured out, you may leave. <laughs> you're class dismissed. But please have a question. And I love this. We were talking about some of this this, uh, this, uh, this week, and Masha goes, I just don't get it. I was like, I love that. I don't get it. I hear you, but I don't get it. So let's stay with it. Matthew 13. I'm going to jump one of those verses, Elijah. There we go. Matthew 13. You guys remember. So he's saying, blessed are you when you're persecuted, right? Good. So good things should just happen when you're persecuted. Verse, uh, verse 20, it's, he's talking about the soil. Remember, the seed goes out onto the soil, and then the soil bears great fruit, right? The one seed on the one soil on whom the seed was sown was on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, Immediately he falls away. So we're told to rejoice and be happy in persecution, but in this case, persecution caused the guy not to get what was promised. Anybody had that situation? Nobody? Where it took your lunch money and persecution? Okay, let me just say this. When people accuse you, people come against you, people get mad at you, bad things happen. What are some bad things that can happen to your heart? Shame, like what's wrong with me, right? Okay. Bitterness. Vengeful. Yeah, come on. Resentment. Let's just stop there before we go to hell. Oh, separate, separate, yeah, yeah, hide, yeah. Separate. Um, okay, so, so here's the thing. So these are, the, what are these, these are the fruits of the spirit, right? Wrong spirit. Yeah, wrong spirit, right? 
But I was supposed to be happy in persecution. I was supposed to be happy when things go bad. Anybody see a disconnect? If you don't, <laughs> we'll do remedial. This is already remedial, so I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, so this is the bad stuff. But we're being told that it should produce good fruit, right? What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, Love joy, peace, patience. Ba, 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 ba. Okay, now here's the question. If pressure, you put pressure on an orange, what comes out of orange? Juice. What kind of juice? Orange juice, right? If I, if I, that's why Jesus said, don't, you know, you're not going to get bad fruit from a good tree. If you are in Christ, you are what? A new creation, right? The old is gone, the new has come. So you're a new creation. So pressure, when it comes, should squeeze what out of you? What, who, who is now inside of you? Jesus. Jesus. Pressure should squeeze Jesus out. Sometimes, though, anybody pump to pump, and the first few pumps, what comes out? Nothing. And then what? Oh, yucky water. You guys remember, anybody did those old by the side of the road pumps, you know, and you're like, come along, and you're like, ha. Oh. It's like all the metal, and you're like, whoa, that is nasty. You waited for it to go clear, right? When the pressure comes, many times the first thing that rises to the surface is not Jesus. Nobody? When the pressure comes, the first thing that comes to the surface is usually not Jesus. I mean, sometimes it is, but usually not the first time. Right? Okay. So, so let's, let's go with this. Uh, let me flip over another one. So how can it produce good stuff? You guys remember James? I, I'm so grateful to Jesus because I met Jesus and I didn't have anybody to disciple me. And Jesus told me, start with James. And it saved me a lot of trouble. Here's why. The very first two, the second and third, fourth verses of James. Consider it all joy. When you get presents. <laughs> Consider it all joy, my brothers, when everybody loves you. Consider it, what kind of joy? Uh, all joy. Unmitigated. No holding back. All joy when you face what? Trials. Trials and tribulations. When you face pressure. What? Why would I be excited about that? Why would I be happy? Very good question. Let's keep going. Hopefully we'll find an answer. Because the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, here's a question. When bad things happen, who here feels like you just want to lay down and die? Right? You just want to give up. You want to fall down. Right? You just want to quit. Testing. He said, but it's there to do what? Produce what? Endurance. It, okay. Are trials guaranteed to produce endurance in you? Endurance means you stand and keep standing and quit and don't give up. Is it guaranteed that trials will produce perseverance in you? What, 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 what is the alternative option to perseverance? Lay down and die, quit. That's flakiness. That's an option. When we face trials, that's an option. It is not a slam dunk that trials are going to produce good things in us. Anybody here had trials produce really bad things in you? 
Who here, you faced a trial, a tribulation, a persecution, a lies, an accusation, whatever, and you took a vacation from Jesus? That was not Jesus, okay? That's not what God was going. That is not what we rejoice in, okay? He said rejoice. Why? Because rejoicing means I orient my heart to expect good from what's here. But what's my not automatic response when I face pressure or difficulty? One, expect bad, right? Right? Who here, when something bad goes, you hear something like this, here we go again. You already prepare to go on the slip and slide straight into hell. No? Like, you know how it's going to go. Oh, my gosh, this always happens. Things are good, and then somebody starts talking about me. I open up my heart, and then people take advantage of me. What if God wants to rewrite your story? What if he wants to give you endurance to stand and see a different story? Endurance and, and let endurance. Let. Notice it doesn't say make it. Let it. Let endurance. Not my endurance, his endurance in me. His perseverance. Do you know what this word patience means? Better translation is forbearance. It's the refusal to act in your own interest. Wait, wait, wait. Endure, stand, wait for your deliverer. Wait on him, wait on him. And let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. That's what we heard about in 1 Peter. Okay. Please stay a little confused. Don't have it all figured out just yet because I have a little bit more to go, okay? All right, here's where I want you to do. This is where we're going to end. Matthew 5, okay? All your answers, Matthew 5, Romans 5. Somewhere in there. Some fifth chapter in the book. Find it. Maybe you'll be edified. All right. So, so here's the thing. When we came to Jesus, when we gave our lives to him, when we said, God, I can't do it on my own. I need you, right? We came to him. It says, verse 1 of chapter 5, it says, having been justified by faith. Justified is like, like this. Imagine business people. You have run up insane amounts of debt that you can't pay. And in that, in that debt, along comes Warren Buffett, and he offers to buy your entire company with a shares for shares purchase. Do you you know what that means? He's going to give you shares, one share of Berkshire Hathaway, which is what, $120,000 right now? For each one of yours that is worthless. Anybody think we're talking a good deal? He's like, I'm going to purchase your company that's not making any money. It's not doing anything. And I'm going to give you shares in mine. I'm going to give you shares in the kingdom. Justification is God says, I will take your life and give you mine. Justified. He takes upon him all of our sins, all the places we've fallen short. By faith, we have then we have peace with God. Connection, no, no disconnect. Peace with God through, whom, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. Stay with me. What is an introduction? It's not complicated. Huh? Anybody? Say that. Say? A greeting. A beginning. A beginning. 
Uh, okay, if in an introduction, you know, I'll give you a great example. The beginning to Star Wars. What's the introduction to the beginning of the Star Wars movie? The crawl, right? It's like, and it's giving us all this information about the story that's about to begin, but it's not the story. It's a part that shows us where the story's going. So anything good you've experienced in the kingdom so far is just the introduction. It's not the fullness. It's just the introduction. But you can grab onto that, the introduction into this grace. You have not unpacked. You have yet to see the fullness of the glory of God that he's going to reveal in your life. Don't get it twisted. Don't stop. Imagine this. Imagine you're a child on Christmas Day and you come down to the Christmas tree and there's 300 presents under the tree. And the second one you open isn't exactly what you want. I'm done. No. Has a child ever done that? They're like, you know what? I might grow into that. Let's move on. Right? Right? Like literally, like that's literally, if you have not yet unpacked the goodness of God, which you haven't, keep going. It's just the introduction into this faith, by faith, trusting in him, into this grace, the power of God to do the will of God in which we stand. And so we exult. We throw a party. Woohoo! We exult in hope of the glory of God. Stay with me. This word hope is very important. It does not mean, I shall hope it don't rain. That's today for our, our picnic. That's not hope. That is, the hope in the scripture is the, it is that introduction. It is the foretaste. It's the little bit that we taste of God's goodness that is a promise of the fullness right? God healed Heather's back and healed Dina's hip as hope for your healing. It's a sign of who God is and it, God doesn't change, but it's only a sliver. Did God just, did Jesus just die for hips? Okay. Okay. You're scaring me. People are like, welcome to the holy hip church. I knew we were hippie. Hippy dippy. All right, okay, moving on. So listen, he says we exult, we throw a party in the first bit. We get excited about the first bit because it's a promise of the fullness. I don't stop, but I get excited. And so he says, and in the same way, we ex so in hope of the glory of God. What is the glory of God? Said we were in whose image were we made? God's. But it says, in sin, we fell short of what? The glory of God. The glory of God is the image of God in us that we look like God in this earth. And he says, that's just the foretaste of you and me looking exactly like Jesus in this earth. Remember what Marina was singing over us? Right? They would see Jesus. They would see Jesus, right? Anybody, I don't know about you, I still haven't grown out the beard. Some of you are ahead of me. But no, but, but the reality is we're on our way, but it's just the first foretaste of the, the fullness of us looking like Jesus in this life. And he says, so then, and not only this, so we rejoice in that because it's just the foretaste and we're believing for the fullness. So therefore we also get a throw a party when we face tribulation. Any, I feel like we took a left turn at Albuquerque. 
Like, I was good when we were talking about the glory of God and the hope and the grace and the faith. But Trick, why am I not just exult is like violently worship. Like, yes, this is amazing. Like, you know, like when they win the lottery or whatever, right? He's like, exult in our tribulations. Why? Knowing that tribulation brings what? Perseverance. Okay, guys. Once again, I have had many tribulations that did not bring uh, perseverance for me. Because I didn't exult in them, I allowed the tribulations to give me a story that I believed. Right? Oh, well, a great example is when there's an accident. Anybody had an accident and you walked away and you were just dumb enough not to come to any conclusions about it. You're like, oh, that was weird. And you just went on your way. And then you had another accident and this time you're like, oh my gosh, I'm traumatized. I'm never, I'm never going to drive again. It's unsafe. Anybody? The same circumstance, two different scenarios. Two people in a car can have two different experiences, right? The story, I'm allowing tribulation to tell me a story. I'm not allowing Holy Spirit to tell me a story exult. What am I about to get out of this tribulation? This pressure is going to give me something good. Oh, I'm so excited. I wonder what Jesus is going to squeeze out of me. That's crazy talk. But stay with me because we can exult in it because because tribulation brings about perseverance. Now, remember what I said. Perseverance is that forbearance. It's the refusal to act to stand in this place and not move. Who here in waiting on God got tired and and moved? How did that work for you? Ishmael, anybody? We got a whole bunch of Ishmaels. We have like a whole childcare section just for Ishmaels. Right? Oh my gosh, right? No, and this is one of the things the Lord just has been saying to me. He's like, Peter, 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 Peter. You know why your processes take so long? Because we're spending 90% of the time resolving your Ishmael's. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, we started with this much problem, and now we got this much problem. But that's okay. We can work with it. That just shows how great God is. That he's like, whoo. <laughs> t- wow, okay. You know, he sits there and he goes, but tribulation, pressure brings about perseverance, and perseverance brings about what? Proven character. So I'll give you an example. Who here has faced the exact same trial 43 times? Yes. Okay. So now every trial either makes you better or makes you worse. It doesn't leave you the same. Do you know what I'm talking about? And at some point, who here, you rode that merry-go-round straight to hell. Like you literally, like every single time, deeper, 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 deeper. And you're getting worse and worse and worse. And finally you said, enough, enough, I can't do it on my own. Jesus, I give you my troubles, my problems. What do you want me to do in this? And suddenly it began to change. And suddenly it went the exact opposite way. And you started to see where before, when you would stumble in this area, you would fall for maybe a month. Now you only fell for three weeks, and then you fell for two weeks, and then you fell for a whole month. 
or you argued with your spouse. Sorry, I'm sorry, moving on. That's just too accurate. But no, but but you know, who here, like you you have you you get into a fight with someone, but then you you come back to agreement and it gets faster and faster and faster and faster. Who here you have a trouble with your tongue? Right? And 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 you discover you said the wrong thing two weeks after the fact. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. My bad. And then you're like, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm, I, I'm not. And then you discover it a week. And then it's a day. And then it's, it's, it's on your tongue. I was talking with one guy and he was like, why is it that Jesus tells me not to speak right when I'm about to speak? He could have told me what to say before then. Jesus didn't know I was going to be that stupid. He's like, whoa, I'm surprised. This is amazing. But literally, this whole thing, that if I will stand, it produces proven character. What's proven character? So when tribulation comes, my immediate reaction is to assume many dark things, bad things, right? What, okay, um, I know this is really broad, but what are some of the bad things that I begin to expect the minute I face a, a problem of tribulation pressure? God is punishing me. That's a good one. Everyone leaves me. I'm alone. I didn't work hard enough. I'm stupid. I did it wrong. It's going to get worse from here on out. This is the beginning of the end. We're probably all going to starve. Who here is going? Okay, you don't have to wave a hand on this. This is, this is how a panic attack starts, by the way. You start on that slip and slide, you're like, I, I remember I had this situation, I've told this before, but I had a situation um, at work where I made a mistake. And I'm lying in bed, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I made this mistake. And I'm going to get in trouble at work. And they're going to get mad at me, and they're going to fire me, and we're, then we're going to have no money, and then we're going to be out on the street, and we're going to be homeless, and my wife and child, I don't know, will they want to be with me? Ten seconds. I don't like to brag, but I'm pretty good at this. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm better than you. Like, and then I'm in a full-scale panic attack, feeling like I'm going to have a heart attack. And God, and I ask God, what? And I'm like, God, don't you care? And he goes, I'm not really worried. <laughs> and in that moment, I can choose either the story my tribulation has told me, or I can believe his story. That's it. That's it. But here's the problem. When I believe I was having a situation like this week, uh, maybe a week ago, I was lying in bed. I, well, I got up in the middle of the night to do what you do. And I was coming back to bed and I was already in anxiety. I was already in stress, freaking out about something. And I said, God, what do you want me to know about this? He goes, "Add all work out. <laughs> and do you want to know something? I went straight from, you know, 200 beats a minute to asleep instantly. When I agree with his story about tribulation, I can stand and not act to protect myself, to defend myself, to change the narrative, to get people to think the right things, to not, to, if I will stand and wait for the direction and the guidance and the, and the provision of the Lord, sometimes he will direct me to act. But if he directs me to act, it will be in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. It won't come with urgency. It won't come with fear. It won't come with frustration. It won't come with hatred. It won't come with anger. Let me tell you this. 
The best surgeon in the world, if he does surgery on you but doesn't wash his hands first, he can do a perfect surgery and you're still going to die. The right thing done in the wrong spirit will kill. It's not enough to be right. We must be righteous. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. So when I stand, perseverance produces proven character. Now here's how that works. Who here, because you have enough experience in being stupid, you know how stupid plays out? And you can be your own designated driver, right? So what I mean by that is literally all of a sudden trouble comes and the lies start pouring in. Oh my gosh, they hate me. They're against me. Okay, yeah, but the last time we acted on this information, people died and I died first. Let's not do that. Maybe I have reason to have suspicion that what's happening here is not truth. Does that make sense? Like proving character is the suspicion that comes from experience that says, maybe I shouldn't open my mouth right now. Right? That is what proving character is, the ability to have a suspicion of, my, of trusting in myself so that I trust in him. Even though my feelings are telling me, Everybody hates me. Everybody's against me. Everybody's. Do you know what I'm talking about? Who here has done that? Where you felt triggered. You felt fear. You felt like everybody hated you. You felt like everything was going to end. But because you'd done the wrong thing in the past, you stopped and did nothing at least for a minute. Who's, who are my people? That is proven character. Perseverance. I will stand and I refuse to act in my own interest because right now all that's in my heart is this. And this will kill me and other people. I'm going to wait on the Lord till he begins to move on my behalf. Proven character, but, but it doesn't end there. Wait, children, there's more. He says, proven character produces what? Hope. Do you guys remember what hope is? It's more of that introduction. I get another taste. Not the fullness, but I get another taste. I get the breakthrough in this area that's going to serve as the foundation for me trusting him in the next tribulation, the next pressure that drives me to the feet of Jesus. You know why we rejoice in tribulation? Is because in tribulation, me is not enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough emotion, wisdom, character. I don't have enough resource. I don't have what's needed. Tribulation says you're not enough. You don't have enough. And it's true apart from Christ. And so it drives me to the feet of Jesus. And so that proven character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has already been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. In other words, because we have God on the inside, then when pressure comes on us, what should come spilling out? It's in the verse. The love of God should come pouring out of my heart. Why? Pressure squeezes out what's in you. Well, I don't, I don't feel the love. I don't, I don't know if I have any love. He's like, let me just show you the evidence. Verse 6, he says what? He says, I can guarantee you that's true because it's not dependent on you because while you and I were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for us. This is the thing. It is all him. That's why we, he says, let endurance, let perseverance have its work. Whose perseverance? His perseverance in me. 
I can't even stand in him apart from him empowering me to stand. I can't stay. And, and I love the verse in Isaiah. It says, in returning and repentance. Who here, you did the bad thing and you ran back and you're like, okay, <laughs> I'm not doing that again. I'll just stand here and wait. God, returning and repentance is our salvation. God, I, I'm sorry I took matters into my own hands. I'm try, sorry I tried to fix things on my own. I'm sorry I tried to defend myself. I'm sorry I, I tried to, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I got involved with that. I'm sorry that I this, I this. Forgive me. I'm coming back. I want to wait on you, oh God, for my. Because those that wait upon the Lord will do what? Their strength will be what? renewed. Why do you think you need your strength renewed when you wait on him? It's not. You can't wait on him by yourself. You can't, you can't not defend yourself. You can't not protect yourself. You can't, you've got to leave. Go God, help me. And he hears that cry. What if in every heated argument, we kept our mouth shut till God came through? We, it'd be a little bit better. So, so remember that pump? Because what the first thing might be, right? Nobody, right? The first thing might be, right? But if I, what if I say, God, that wasn't you. I'm just going to let that part go from my mind. I give it to you, Lord. What do you want me to know? And I've had situations where the first 19 things weren't Jesus. Because <laughs> like I said, I'm better than you. I'm better at this, right? No, but I wait until love comes. I don't drink the dirty water. I wait till love comes. And when love comes, then I speak. And do you know, I've had situations where I've waited an hour. Well, I waited one guy 45 minutes and then I gave up. But that was another, I mean, I, I have waited, but I've got to tell you how much better not to say these things. How much better not to speak out of that place? It, well, it's true. I'm waiting until he speaks, right? What if instead of trying to sort out my problems, I'll give you another example. I'm full of examples. I do research for you. Saturday morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting down there doing whatever I'm doing, and the electricity goes out. And immediately, I know by the Spirit, I forgot to pay the bill. Okay, okay. You've never done this. You've never done this. And you've never had your electricity turned off. But what are some of the things that may have passed through my mind? Feelings about myself. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Absolutely. Come on. Come on, just, 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 let's just spitball this one. What's that? What? Wow, you are, that is like prophetic. What's that? Danya's going to be mad. Danya's going to be mad. I listened. Thankfully, she was on a switch with a, uh, a battery, so I was good. Um, Yep, so Danya, like, probably the dog, too. Let's throw the dog in. All right, what else? That was exactly what I was thinking. What's that? Can I 
Can I fix this? Yes. Um, actually, I'm just going to, you're very generous. I can't fix this. <laughs> oh, you, oh, I would, yes, absolutely. <laughs> shame, shame. What kind of a loser? I've heard about people like this. What else? So, well, we'll get that. We'll go to get to that. Now, the funny thing is, I was certain I had paid the bill, but in the mailman, I had a word of knowledge. I didn't pay the bill. Like, I was like, I know I paid the bill. I mean, but you got to miss two bills to, to get your electricity cut off. So that's skill. So in this moment, in the past, you know what I would have done? So again, not you. Immediately, I would blame Masha in my mind. I don't even know how. But like, 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 how dare you put pressure on me? She's not even awake, perhaps. I don't, I don't remember what time it was, but she's not, I'm like, like, we haven't even talked yet this morning. Like, she doesn't know about this. She is not mad at me yet. And, and like, but I'm like, rah, 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 rah. you know, and I'm like getting mad at people who are, you know, like, it's just nuts. Like, and I'm going into, the, in the past, I wouldn't have been like, this is over. This is helpless. I know it takes four days to turn your electricity back on. <laughs> Not you, not you. But I, I have a little bit of proven character. Just a little bit. I'm getting there. And I went, okay, God, what do you want me to know about this? And he said, why don't you pull up the app and check if you paid? Sure enough, my word of knowledge was very true. And I was like, okay, God, I'd, okay, what do you, I was like, okay, let's pay. I pay the bill. And I'm like, now what, Lord? And, he got, and, I, and I felt like he said, uh, I, I don't know if he said this, but he was just like, wait, wait. Remember perseverance? Don't do anything stupid. I don't know what stupid I could be, but I, I'm creative. Anyway, and, and so I was like, well, I, I, let me just go check the meter. Like maybe there's a meter dude out there, you know, working on, you know, like I can stop him in time or something. Anyway, so I'm like, I'm like, okay, I go back out there. There's no meter dude. And, uh, and I look at it, and my, for whatever reason, we have electric meter, and it's blank, which is not a good sign. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus. And I, was just, I just put out my hand. I was like, Jesus. I said, literally, I, it wasn't a prayer. It was just a, yeah. Anyway, I walk around the corner of the house, and the lights are on in my house. And it's, you can say, oh, well, that's that new system, whatever. You don't understand. I don't care about the system. I care about my heart. I care about the fact I have new proven character. Now, but because Jesus knows me, I would have been tempted in my shame to hide it from Masha. I'm not going to lie. I'm putting it out there. It was on the menu that the devil was offering me. Listen, 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 listen. Okay, we got to get this straight. Okay, some of y'all are discerners, and you can pick up when people are being tempted. We've got to quit accusing people of what they're being tempted with, because that's the devil talking to them, if they haven't taken it off the menu. I did not stumble in this area yet, but probably because Jesus knew my weakness. And so Masha did, was up, and realized the electricity was out, and so I could confess my sins, and she could release me from shame. But... But what I want to say is this proven character that I've learned he's trustworthy. I've learned to wait. I've learned to stop listening to that first <laughs> coming out of the pipe. 
I've learned to say, God, what do you want me to know? And there's this phrase he's given me that I did not learn growing up. There is always a solution. God always has a solution. That's not, that, no, we started with, we're all going to die. Who are my people? But now I stand in this place and it doesn't feel true at the moment, but I've learned to stand and that persevere and endure. And then that, that I've got that proven character to back it up. And suddenly I'm tasting hope and I see electricity in my house. And in the process, as a bonus, I haven't ruined my relationships with my wife and daughter. Right? So what I want to say is, guys, what if every time we face tribulation, pressure, problems, rather than moving to accusation, where does accusation come from? Satan, the accuser. What if instead of moving to, to, um, to, to gossip and fear and shame, what if we, we ran to the feet of Jesus and said, Jesus, what do you want me to know? I can't move until I hear from you. I won't move. You guys remember, where did Samuel come from? What did Hannah do? I'm not leaving. I've got to have him. I've got to have him. I won't move until I hear from you. I won't speak until I hear from you. I won't build my own salvation. I won't make my own, my own, uh, my own way. I will trust in you. And out of me will come rivers of living water for all those around us. Whew, if we can have the worship team come up. I would really love it today. If you're like me, you probably have some places in your life where you have a bunch of Ishmaels. I've got another thing the Lord's been teaching me lately is Jesus never goes backwards. He always moves forward to bring solutions to problems that started in the past. So he has got solutions for our Ishmaels if we will surrender them to him. If we will surrender that 95% that he wasn't the original problem that we made. If we give that to him, he will begin to work his salvation even on those things. But we have to, it's in returning and repentance, like repentance and rest that we rest in him, we return to him, we repent, that he shows himself as good, shows himself as powerful, shows himself as our victor and our savior and our God. Every single one of us, we have areas where we are waiting on God, where we're waiting on the breakthrough, whether in our bodies or in our finances, in our emotions, in our relationships, in our jobs, in our businesses. Every one of us are waiting and there is around us or in our lives evidence of hope, evidences of breakthroughs, those introductions into the grace. They're hard to see, aren't they? When you're staring at a problem, is it hard to remember you ever had anything good in your life? But if we'll stop and say, God, remind me, show me the grace that you've been pouring out. Show me the hope because then I'll be able to exult in my tribulations and I'll begin to realize every tribulation brings an upgrade with it, brings a breakthrough with it. If we can stand. Father, we worship you. We adore you. You are good. And you have only begun that goodness. And even if we've been on a thousand times of allowing tribulations to pull us off track, 
we are saying today, we give you our tribulations. We give you them. We ask you to remind us of our hope that we might exult in our tribulations. In your beautiful name, amen. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.